0: You're listening to the Sermon Cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at And Now for this week's sermon. I want to talk on the subject that uh, that I've entitled, He, he is Our Shield, Psalms 33 verses 20 through 22. David writes these words. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him. Because we have trusted in his holy name, let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. He is our help. He is our hope. He is our strength and He is our shield. A number of weeks ago, it's been almost a month and a half ago. I got a call from one of our uh, pastors in our district. They just called me out of the blue, and this is a pastor who uh, lost their beloved about two years ago. And they said, Pastor Staten, I don't know why the Lord did this, but I just want to want to share with you this a scripture. And they they read verse verse twenty. He is our help and our shield. And they had no idea what things I was going through at the time. And I was going through some, some difficult things uh, physically and, and, and otherwise. And they said, I just want to share with you that the Lord is your shield. And that he's there to protect you. And no matter what the enemy throws at you, the Lord's shield will repel it. And you're going to be okay. And uh, I thanked them, said that was very meaningful and very helpful. I don't know why, but I just wanted to, to share that with you. And so I thanked them and uh, I looked up the passage and I thought, wow, thank you, Lord, for that good promise. That's a good promise. And then as I was preparing for uh, praying about this service, the Lord spoke to my heart and reminded me of that phone call and said, that's what I want you to share with the People's Church this morning that uh, as meaningful as that was for you in your situation, I want them to know that I am their shield as well. I am their shield, and I'm going to protect them and be with them. Because there may be, it maybe has already happened, but if not, it may happen that the enemy has a design on someone, a design on you. You may have a design on, on people's church, but I'm convinced that this church is protected by the Lord, the shield. Amen? And that you are, as his people as well, the shield. And the shield is so important. And throughout scripture, if you follow the, 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 the chain of the word shield, you find find some incredible passages of scripture that deal with that. Now, in our modern day, we, we don't use shields so much. Uh, although uh, it is pertinent, especially if you lived in Israel, you would appreciate the iron shield. You'd appreciate the protection from those enemies of Israel that seem to have her surrounded and are constantly threatening her. And and we know that it's not only their defense system that we as a nation helped her develop, but it's more than that. It's God Almighty, amen, uh, as a shield. And so that's pretty well the idea. I mean, we don't carry any shields in our car, at least I don't think so. I could probably ask you men to open the trunks, you ladies to open the trunks, and you might find a tire iron. You'll find a spare, but I don't know any of you have a shield back there, right? I mean, it might be nice if someone knocked on your window and said, Hello, excuse me, could I rob you today? Well, just a minute, let me get my shield out of the trunk. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen. So we don't really have interaction with the idea of shield. But in Bible days, it was critical. Shields protected people from uh, the, the enemy. About the only experience I have with shields, other than the Lord being my shield, is when my one of my young grandsons comes over and he says to me, Grandpa, let's, let's play. And he goes... Now I'm not up with all the, these children's things today and the superheroes and all of that, but I know that when he does this, I gotta get my shield. And so I, I put on my shield and I do the grandpa thing, and he's just doing this and I'm, and being the grandpa that I am, I start to weaken the shield and all of a sudden my shield drops and I lose. Okay. And he understands, he laughs and he thinks I'm the greatest grandpa in the world because I, I let him win. So that's about my extent of the shield. But one day we were playing, he came over, grandpa, and he goes, and so I put up my shield and I didn't I didn't weaken it. I just kept it, kept it, kept it. And finally he says, Grandpa, that's no fair. (laughs) I said, What? Your shield, that's no fair. Drop your shield so I can win. I said, Okay. So I dropped my shield, and he won. All right. Well, believe me, that's what the enemy would like to say to all of us. Drop your shields. Because I want to win. But if ever there's a time that God's people ought to keep their shields up, it's now. Amen? It's now. Now, we all, if we have a car, we have a wind shield, all right, that, would, that, that literally, back in the early days of the automotive industry, that's what it did. It protected you from the wind. It was a shield from the wind, all right, but uh, that wind shield protects us now from bugs and rocks and that kind of thing. Well, as a believer, we have a shield, and he is the Lord our God, and he is there to help us and protect us. It's an interesting story, and you know the story well, in First Samuel chapter 17, it's the story of David and Goliath. And I thought it was interesting, as I kind of reread this the other day. We all know David and Goliath, the story of the, the younger, the weaker, the tall, the strong, the Goliath, the giant versus the little shepherd boy. And uh, I won't go through that whole, whole story. I think we know it well. Uh, but there is something interesting that, I've, that uh, I want to read to you in verses four through 17, First 1 Samuel 17,4 through17, that has to do with Goliath's armor, Goliath's armor. And we understand that this was a miraculous thing that happened here. We understand that when David went to the brook and he took out five smooth stones, uh, you no doubt have heard before that someone asked, well, why five? Why not just one? Well, it's because Goliath had four other brothers that were also very serious. So David took five, just figuring he would take them out one at a time if they came. But uh, one's all it took. It was a miraculous thing. The little, the little shepherd boy with the sling and the stone that found its mark in the forehead of the giant. And down he came because he was defiling the armies of God. He was blaspheming the very name of the Lord our God. But what's interesting is his armor. Look at verse 4 of chapter 17, 1 Samuel. It says, A champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath. Whose height was six cubits and a span. They're not exactly sure. The, the height of Goliath is, I've, I've read any, anywhere from maybe seven foot tall to thirteen. I've, I've heard those ranges. So we don't really know, but it was a very large, large man. Verse five says he had a, a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail or, or metal. The weight of the coat was five thousand shekels of bronze. Very heavy. He had bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. That's where he carried his javelin. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. I don't know how much that is, literally. I didn't look that up, but it was very heavy. And then look at this phrase, and a shield-bearer went before him. So Goliath had a shield, but it was the shield-bearer that was carrying it maybe because of the weight or whatever but if you look at the story and you and you 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 do uh, you look at the conversation between Goliath and David what you'll find is that Goliath made a mistake number 1 he dared defy the Lord God of Israel amen, amen. and number 2 he miscalculated the power of a shepherd boy when he is anointed of the Lord hallelujah amen. Now, Saul had offered David his armor. He said, take my armor. So David put it on, but it didn't fit. It, he was just a small little boy. And uh, and, and he said, I, I can't wear this because I haven't proven this armor. He said, what I've proven is a sling and stone. That's what I've killed the lion. That's what I've killed the bear. That's what I know. So thank you, King Saul, but I can't wear your armor. And I want to tell you this morning, you can't use someone else's shield to protect you. You need your own. Amen? David had a shield that day, but he didn't need a shield-bearer, and it wasn't something he held, but it was the power of the Lord God Almighty, the anointing that protected him from that that uh, uh, Goliath of Gath. And, you know, sometimes we like to think, well, I'll use... I'll use grandma's shield because she was a great believer in the Lord as was my grandmother. She was a powerful woman of faith. She was a, a woman of God. She, I still remember as a little boy her praying over me as she knelt beside her bed and I would kneel beside her and she would lay her hands on my head and she would, she would pray, God anoint little Eddie. And she called me that. I prefer you not to, but. She would she would say, Lord, anoint little Eddie and use him for your work and call him to your ministry and, and boy her hand just, just would just pray over me and I would just I I was just please don't break my head, Grandma and she would just pray. And uh I thought, Well, I'll use grandma's shield, but see grandma's shield didn't fit me it was her shield. I had to have my own shield. Amen. I had to come into my relationship with the Lord and know that I could use her shield. And so thank God for praying grandmas and grandpas. Thank God for praying moms and dads. But uh, you, you get to a point where you realize I can't wear Saul's armor. I've got to have my own. And David, who wrote the very words that we read in Psalms, had a shield and he knew that it was the Lord his God. But what's interesting, getting back to my point of Goliath, is that the shield bearer, carried Goliath's shield but in his pompous attitude toward this little shepherd boy Goliath didn't think he needed his shield and that was his mistake he didn't use the shield he didn't feel he needed it what is this Goliath says you've sent to me this little this little dog and I'm but supposed to be afraid of him but Goliath didn't realize it wasn't David that was going to slay him it was the stone that had the invisible hand that left, when it left that sling, an invisible hand took that stone and directed it right where it should go. But Goliath's mistake was that he didn't use his shield. Now, it wouldn't have mattered anyway, but that's a lesson, I think, for me, is I can't be so pompous as to think, I don't need my shield today. When I put on the armor of God in the morning, I can't say, well, I think I'll just leave my shield at home. I'm not going to be dealing with a whole lot today. That's an open invitation for the enemy to say, aha, we're going to target him. Never make the mistake of leaving your shield at home. Always take it with you. Amen? Always take it with you. And that, of course, leads us to that familiar passage in Ephesians chapter 6, where it lists the armor of God. I'd like you to turn there with me, please, in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 18. Familiar words. We've read them a lot. We've studied them a lot. But let me reread them. This morning, Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles in your margins probably is translated schemes, it means there's thought put into them, schemes. And I think the enemy designs his schemes based on who we are. There's some things I think the enemy knows that won't work on Vernon. Can I use you, Vernon? That won't work on Vernon, but it'll work on Spencer. So I'll scheme for Spencer. And there's other things that the enemy says, ah, that won't work on Spencer, but ah, that'll work on Vernon. And I think, can I use you, Spencer? Is that okay? All right. Can you hold this rope for me? And No, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Um... The enemy designs his schemes and his wiles based on who we are. He knows our weaknesses. That's why we need the armor of God. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your enemy is not sitting beside you today. Your enemy is not married to you. Your enemy isn't in your phone directory. Your enemy is the devil. Amen? We all understand that. Your enemy is not even that neighbor who sends his dogs over to do their business in your yard. That's not your enemy. Our enemy is the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, principalities, the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. I had a man tell me one day, he said... I had to really confess to the Lord one day. He said because I every morning I I put on the, the armor of God in my prayer time. I say Lord armor me with the full armor of God. And he says I go out and I go to work and I do my job but he said when I get home it's like I take it off at the door and I go into the house. And they're happily married, been married for many years, has children, grandchildren. He said but what I found is when I go into the house my armor I leave it at the door. And so in the house, I'm not as kind as I was at work. I'm not as diligent as I was at work. I'm not as uh, polite as I was at work. And he said, what I've discovered is that when I take my armor off at the door, I don't treat my wife like I should be treating my wife. He said, and the Lord convicted me and said, keep your armor on even in your house. Because even in your house, the enemy will try to do a scheme against you. And I thought, what great advice that is, amen? What great advice that is. Verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, here it is, take the what? Shield of faith. Above it all. Not that it's more important than anything else, but but it, it is what really encapsulates everything that you've put on. The shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fire darts of the devil. And then take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this uh, end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So it's like we, we put on the full armor of God, and above all we take the shield, and then we remember that prayer is our weapon. Prayer is our weapon. But this shield of faith that we as believers have is there to quench the fiery darts. Now, I'm preaching to the choir this, this morning, and I, and I recognize that, but it's important for us to, to hear this, I think, and be reminded. When the enemy prepares a fiery dart, he does it based on what he thinks will get through our defenses. He bases it on our weaknesses, and we all have them. I mean, I'm standing before you as an imperfect man. I have my weaknesses, just like you do. As a matter of fact, Pastor Larry had his weaknesses, just like everyone else, Right? And the new pastor coming in will have uh, their weaknesses, just like everyone else. If, if we're looking for a perfect pastor, you, you won't find him. We don't have one. We don't have one. Matter of fact, no other organization has one. I deal with a lot of pastors. In Battleground, we have a weekly pastors meeting of all denominations. We come together. We've been doing that for 45 years. We love each other. We pray for each other. We don't always agree on certain things. But the one thing we have in common is that we all love Jesus. But there's not a perfect pastor in our group. Not one. So the enemy sees our weakness. And he designs the fiery darts to shoot at us based on our weaknesses. That is why we need the shield of faith. Because the shield of faith repels the fiery darts. Some have said, and, and you can research this out, but one thing that I read said that the, the shield uh, that the Romans, there was one shield that they would use that, that uh, they would saturate the, the leather on that shield with, with water if they knew they were going to be facing some fiery arrows. So that Because they would take those arrows and they would dip it in pitch and they would light it on so that it would burn and burn and burn, even after it stuck into a, a victim or even into a shield. But they would treat their shields with, with water so that it would put out the, the fire, And that's why we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our shield to put out the fire, amen? The fiery darts. And those darts will come generally in our minds. Generally in our minds. We'll get the thoughts. You're not good enough for forgiveness. You've sinned once too often. You've made one too many mistakes. Those are all fiery darts, because how many know those things aren't true, amen? People don't like you. Did you notice that, that sister so-and-so did not shake your hand this morning? It's because she doesn't like you. How I many you know that's a fiery dark? If sister so-and-so doesn't shake your hand, or I guess we have to do, or whatever, you know, hug or whatever, then you go track her down and smile real big and say, I didn't get my hug today. We had a little lady in our church, and she's passed on now. I just did a service at the cemetery where she's buried. And I remembered, I walked by and saw her name. And and she was was the kind of woman in the church who would say, I haven't had my hug today. I haven't had my hug today. Everybody knew you couldn't hide from her. (laughs) I haven't had my hug today. Listen, don't let the fiery dart burn and make you think they don't like you. You just go find them and say, I haven't had my hug today. Amen? Let's all say it together. I haven't had my hug today. Wow. Now, there's some people who prefer not to be hugged, and I understand that. Years ago, a young lady told us later, she said, I was invited to the church, and I said, I will go, but if anybody hugs me, I will never go back to that church again. So she came, and the first person to meet her that morning, guess, it was my wife. She walked in the door, and my wife said, Hi, how are you? What's your name? And she told her name, she said... Thank you for coming to serve us today. She just... That young woman ended up being our youth pastor for a number of years. <laughs> Went to be with the Lord, but uh, she was known as a hugger. <laughs> no, don't let the fiery darts burn. Don't let those rumors burn. Don't let false accusations burn. Put them out with the shield of faith. Amen? All right, I'm, I'm going to wrap up. I... Um, I'm going to give you the scripture quick. You don't have to look it up. Uh, these are familiar scriptures. But these four things I know. There are four things I know. I know a few more than four. But these four to wrap up this message. Number one. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Second Timothy one twelve. I know in whom I have believed. Do you know in whom you have believed today? Amen. Jesus Christ. Number two. I know. Actually the... Version says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28. I know that all things work together for good. Not all things are good, but all things work together for good. God makes sure of that. Amen? Number three. I know my Redeemer liveth, and that I will see him one day. Hallelujah. Job 19.25. I know my Redeemer lives. How many know today? Your Redeemer lives... Jesus is alive. We sang about it. Oh, happy day. Hell, happy day. Wash my sins away. He's alive. He's alive. And number four, our text. Psalms 33. I know the Lord is my shield. Praise God. I know He is. And I know that whatever I have to face, He is there with me. He will protect me and He will strengthen me and He will guide me. And so to that phone call of that pastor who called me with his passage, thank you for taking the time to remind me that the Lord is my shield, the Lord might speak to you to call someone and give them a good word of encouragement. The Lord might speak to you to go and pray with someone. The Lord might say to you, "So and so needs prayer today," and you go, "Not them. They're they never have a problem. They're always bouncing like a bunny. They're they never have any problems." Don't don't judge that too quickly. If the Lord speaks to you, go have a word of prayer with them. Amen encourage them. The Lord speaks to you and says, someone needs a financial blessing and you're able to do it. Give them a financial blessing. Why? They drive a better car than I do. Well, that's probably true, but they may be three months behind in their payment too.